Well, praise God. Thank you for joining the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland podcast. This is Pastor Tim McLaughlin, Executive Director. And once again, just thrilled to be with you. Glad that you join us on our podcast. Hope that they're a blessing to you. Our desire is to teach the Word of God, to give you something that would carry you through, something that would give you new revelation. The Bible says, New King James Version says, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. The King James Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But you need to have a revelation from God. It's kind of like having breakfast and, and, and just eating really every day. If you don't have good nutrition, your body will, 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 will just continue, you know, cease to function and, and you'll eventually die. You need to have the word of the Lord in order for your spiritual life, manna from heaven, to provide for us. And so that's why we do these podcasts. And again, we're just grateful that you would join with us. I want to pick up where I was at last week. Uh, we started looking last week at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. Ephesians 5, 15 through 21, uh, talking about not being foolish. I mentioned to you, I think last week, you know, sometimes I read the scripture and uh, I should say many times <laughs> I read the scripture and I'll come across the word that just, you know, just, it's not a word that we use in our language. It's not a word that, that we just put in regular conversation. And so when that word comes along and it jumps off the page at me, it, it, it makes me dig deeper. It makes me draw closer to see what it is actually that the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. So let's look at this uh, as we continue on here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 21. The Apostle Paul writing, he says, See then that you walk circumspectly. Now, how many of you use the word circumspectly in your day-to-day -day language? Let's, let's read this whole thing. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Now, there's so many things in here, and we're going to continue to try to break this scripture down for you. But the word circumspectly, that word means to be cautious, to be careful, to consider all the circumstances and possible consequences. You know, have you ever just done something, and I know we have, all of us, I've done it. We've done something and, and never considered the consequences. You know, for, for those here at Adult and Teen Challenge, maybe it was the drugs or the alcohol or, or, or whatever, and it led to uh, a jail sentence, or maybe it led to them uh, losing custody of their children, or maybe, you know, a, a bad health report. You know, we don't consider the consequences. We think about the current circumstance, the current situation. We think about maybe the fun or the, 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 the whatever, the, the thrill that we're going to get in the moment, but never the consequences afterwards. And so Paul is telling us here, he says, so, so walk cautiously. 
carefully considering all the consequences of your actions. And then he says this, he says, not as fools. Listen, I want to encourage you to not be foolish. Now, Paul is not calling anybody stupid or nothing like that. He's just saying, listen, we have got to learn to understand for every action, there is a reaction. For every, for every decision, there is a consequence for that decision, good or bad. We need to make good decisions. We need to, we need to sow good seed so that we reap a good harvest, not bad seed and then a bad harvest. I like what the NASB says. It says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise men. We need to walk in wisdom in everything that we do. So last week, I gave you four things uh, specifically out of this that the, the Apostle Paul said that we need to do is we walk circumspectly. Number one, he says in verse 19, he says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Again, Paul's not telling us to live in a, a uh, musical. I mean, we don't just go around like Mary Poppins, but what Paul is saying right here is we need to be an encouragement to others. In the body of Christ, as children of God, regardless of denomination, we need to be an encouragement to one another. I, you know, I have to ask myself all the time. I mean, as a child of God, as the minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, I have bad days like other people, but do I allow those bad days to ruin other people's days? You know, the, the thing is this, why is it that so many people today are not wanting to come to a relationship with Christ? Why are people not wanting to come to church? Why are people not coming to the Christian faith? And I believe it's because the Christian or the, 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 the body of Christ in and of itself, whether the Baptist, the Methodist, the Church of Christ, the Assemblies of God, the Church of God, whatever that is, the big C church, the body of Christ, we're, we're, we're more concerned about bickering with one another and trying to prove where each other's right or wrong or however that works instead of looking at all the things that we agree on. Jesus is the Christ. He was crucified, buried, and rose again. He is the only way to salvation. It's only through the blood of the Lamb. If you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you, you are not saved. Let's stick to what we know and let's be an encouragement to others as the body of Christ, walking in love toward our fellow man. And then in verse 20, the Apostle Paul says this, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, we need to be grateful in all things. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. Are you grateful for all things? Well, as soon as I say that, my mind goes to, well, no, I'm not grateful for all things. I mean, there's been times where um, I've hurt myself. I mean, am I grateful for COVID? Am I, am I grateful like when uh, you know, uh, some money I was planning on coming in didn't come in. Am I grateful if my car breaks down? And we sit there and say, well, no. But have you ever sat back and really looked at the big picture? You know, COVID is a terrible thing. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. I've talked to a lot of people and they say, if COVID has done anything at all for them, it has brought them to closer together as a family unit. They, 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 for several months, 
They weren't going anywhere. They weren't going out to eat. They weren't, you know, going places. They were at home. They were playing board games. They were spending time together as a family. We need to look at the positive. Quit looking at the glass half empty and look at the glass half full. Look what the Lord has done. I was just talking to my board of directors yesterday. We had a board meeting and we were, we were talking about all these things. And I said, man, in 12 years, Let's, let's go back and recite. Let's remember. Let's bring to remembrance what the Lord has done. We need to learn to be grateful in all things. And then number three in verse 21, Paul says, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. We need to walk in the fear of the Lord. We need to have a holy fear, which is our foundation to unlocking the treasures of our salvation, the treasures of all wisdom and all knowledge that comes from God, is when we walk in the fear of the Lord, when we walk in the, the admiration of God, when we walk in the awe of who He is. I love this quote by John Bevere. John Bevere says, if you desire the praise of man, then you will fear man. If you fear man, you will serve him. For you will serve what you fear. Listen, we need to walk in a fear and in a reverence of the Lord and quit fearing man and start doing what God has called us to do so that we can live the abundant life that God has called us to live. So we need to learn these things as we continue to look at what it means to not be foolish. Two specific things I really want to point out to you that the Apostle Paul said is number one, we need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit. And again, we need to submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. Being filled with the Spirit is what every born-again believer must do in order to be saved. Again, I don't care what denomination you are. I don't care what church you attend. If you confess Jesus Christ as Lord of all, then you must understand that you are filled with his spirit. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. John chapter 20, verse 21 through 23 says, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you as the Father sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Listen, when you accept Jesus, you receive his Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And when we receive his Holy Spirit, then the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us and we shall be witnesses to of Jesus, to Jesus in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Listen, whether you're in Cookville, Livingston, California, it doesn't matter where you're at. We are called to tell others about Jesus and we have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us to do that. What is that called? That is called fulfilling the Great Commission. Mark 16, 15 through 18, he says, go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. These signs will follow those who believe. Listen, the great commission is that you and I receive Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We receive the Spirit of God inside of us. We walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. And we tell others about the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ so that they too can come to a relationship with Him. 
See, in order to be saved and in order to accomplish the will of God in this life, we must live the born-again life. We must be filled with the Spirit, and we must carry out the ministry of the gospel. Paul says in Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. The first aspect of this verse talks about being submissive to one another. The NASB says it this way, be subject to one another in the fear of the Lord. To be subject to one another is the Greek word, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce this properly, but hupodikidnimo, probably not even close. But the reality is this, to understand what this this subject to one another means, it, it means to exemplify, to instruct, or to admonish one another. Listen. Let me put it this way. Even though I can't speak Greek, I know this. I need people in my life. I need a pastor in my life that I can go to. I need people with spiritual authority in my life that I can go to. I need friends, true friends, true people, people that hear from God in my life that will instruct me and will admonish me. Well, you're a pastor. Absolutely. Do I know it all? Absolutely not. Does my pastor know everything? Absolutely not. But I know this, that the two of us together can can definitely be able to, to, to find the will of God for, for any given situation. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. You need to find someone that's iron in your life. Listen, you can't rub iron against clay. Somebody that's not strong in their faith, somebody that's not doing the things they need to do, that iron's going to mar that clay. You need to find someone that is as strong or stronger in their faith than you are that can help you by instructing you and admonishing you. Paul is saying we need to instruct one another in the fear the Lord. We need to be an example to others as we instruct them with our daily lives in the fear of the Lord. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 14. He says, we are the light of the world, a city that is on a hill that cannot be hidden. In other words, when people see what what we do, when people hear what we say, people are looking at us and they're wanting to know, are we walking as light in the darkness or are we blending into the darkness? Listen, you can raise your hands and you can say hallelujah and amen and all that and dress up for church. But if you're acting like hell and talking like a fool on Monday, people are going to remember what you do on Monday more than they're going to remember what you did on Sunday. We need to make sure that in everything that we're doing, we're walking in the fear of the Lord. If we're a born-again believer, we are not to live as the world lives, but we're to live as an example to the world, admonishing them, instructing them, encouraging them, being a light to them. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 14, Romans 15, 14, he says, now I, I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Listen, we need to admonish, we need to encourage. To admonish someone is to, is to have, to give them caution, to give them godly advice, to counsel them against something. It's to reprove them in, in a mild and goodwilled manner. Listen, we need to admonish our fellow man. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. 
Listen, are you teaching people uh, the, the, the word of God? Are you walking in the wisdom of the word of God? Are you admonishing one another according to the word of God? Are you just being mean to people? Are you just being uh, hateful to people? How, how are you walking? Again, last week we, we talked about some of this stuff. Um, and so as we go further this week in talking about the admonishing of people, we need to understand that we can only do that when we do so in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the awe that a person ought to have before God. It's, it's, it's this reverence that we have, not just in church, but it's a reverence that we have knowing that God is with us always. God is with us always in all things. Paul told us that we are to admonish one another in the fear of God, not the fear of one another. We're here to help encourage one another and strengthen one another in everything we do. If you go to, go, go with me if you have your Bible, if you can, to Genesis chapter 37. I'm not going to read all of this. And matter of fact, I'm probably just going to uh, paraphrase some things for you here in Genesis 37. But understand this, that God gave Joseph a dream. He, he gave him a vision of some things that were to come. He talked to him and said that, 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 um, the, the sheaves were, which represented his brothers were going to bow down to him. And even the, the, the sun and the, the moon was going to bow down to him. And this was a dream of how he was going to be elevated by God. And yet his brothers got bitter. His brothers got angry because maybe it was the way Joseph was talking, or maybe they just didn't have a relationship with God the way Joseph did. But Joseph was talking about these things. But then we see, as you continue on and we get into Genesis 39, because of their bitterness and because of their anger, they sell Joseph into slavery. Joseph is taken into Egypt. He's sold to a man called Potiphar. Potiphar makes him a slave. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us all this. We, we've got to understand some things. Joseph probably didn't go straight to the top. Joseph probably was the, the person that had to clean the latrine, and he was, he was probably the person that had to, uh, you know, I don't know, sweep the sand out of the house or something, but he didn't start at the top. But he found favor with God and was promoted, and the Bible says that he became head over all Potiphar's house. But then when Potiphar's wife comes to him and, and she, she sees the favor of God upon him and she sees that he was an attractive man, she waits till her husband is gone. She comes to Joseph and she tries to get Joseph to, to sleep with her, to be with her intimately. And Joseph wouldn't do it. And Joseph didn't say to her, Joseph didn't say, listen, um, I can't do this because I don't want to lose my job or I can't do this because, um, you know, I don't think you're good looking or I can't do this because, you know, listen, this is what Joseph says in Genesis 39, verse nine. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Listen, Joseph's primary concern was not whether he was going to lose his job or not lose his job, whether whether he was going to perform good in bed or not perform. His number one concern was this. I am going to walk in the fear of the Lord, and I am not going to commit adultery. I am not going to fornicate. I am not going to sleep with this woman. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what takes place. I am not going to do this great wickedness against God. Understand that Joseph understood the consequences of his actions. He was more concerned about God than he was Potiphar. 
How do we handle these type of situations? How do we walk when we walk? Think about that woman. Think about Potiphar's wife. Think about when, when Joseph then goes to prison and, and he's sitting in prison and she knows deep down in her heart that he did nothing wrong, but yet that he was willing to go to prison and not, not rat her out. He didn't, he didn't tell Potiphar, Oh, no, no, no. It was your wife. It was your wife. She's the one that caused me to sin. Listen, Joseph said, Hey, Whatever has to happen, I know that God's for me. And because he honored God and because that was his, 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 he had a fear of the Lord. The Bible says in chapter 40 that while he was in prison, he even found favor with the guards and he became head in the prison over the other prisoners. And then, then he has a, uh, he meets a, the, the baker and the wine, uh, the, the wine bearer for the, for the Pharaoh. They end up getting locked up. He shares a dream with them and he tells them not to forget him. They forgot all about him. Just like many of us. Listen, can I just say this as a side note? If somebody says, Hey, would you remember me in prayer? Or would you remember my family? Or would you pray for something? If you're not going to pray for them, would you just look at them and say, no? And you can do it nicely, but just tell them, say, no, I'm probably going to forget. But if you're going to look at somebody and somebody says, yes, listen, pull out your phone. Write it down in your notes section. Grab a pen and paper, write it down. Or the best thing you could do is stop right there and say, well, yeah, let's pray. Because if I don't pray right now, I'm probably going to forget. All right. So the, the baker and the, and the wine bear, they, they go back. Actually, the, the baker ends up getting killed. The, the wine bear for the king, he goes back in. He forgets all about it. He's got his job back. He's not thinking nothing about Joseph until Pharaoh has a dream. And Pharaoh doesn't understand it. And then all of a sudden he remembers, hey, there was a man in the prison that told me all about my dream. And so Pharaoh calls for Joseph and he says, listen, I understand that you have the power to tell me my dream. Listen to what Joseph says in chapter 41, verse 16. It's not me. God will give Pharaoh the answer. You know, how many of us have taken credit for what God has done in our life. I've been the executive director, the founder, the plumber, the grass mower, the preacher of Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland for 12 years. We're on our fifth building project. Last year, in the middle of a pandemic, we had the greatest financial year this ministry has ever seen. And I understand this. It's all because of God and not because of Tim McLaughlin. I thank God every day that I'm the vessel that he uses. I thank God every day that I get to be a part of this ministry. I thank God that he's working in me, through me, and with me. But I understand this, that if it were not for God, we would not be where we're at. Joseph understood, and he told Pharaoh, I can't interpret dreams, but God. God will give Pharaoh an answer. See, listen, because Joseph held his peace and didn't go to Potiphar, we don't know how that impacted Potiphar's wife, but I got to believe that it did. I believe that the favor that he found in the jail and the way that he went through all this when he stood before Pharaoh, he didn't go back when he was, when he got promoted to second in command and then, and then grab Potiphar and throw Potiphar in jail for falsely accusing him. He didn't do that. And when he came before Pharaoh, he didn't tell Pharaoh, Oh yeah, I'm the man. No, he humbled himself and gave God all the credit. And because of that, God promoted Joseph to second in command. 
The Bible says in Psalm 34, verse 9, it says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear the Lord. If you continue to read on in, in Genesis and you keep looking at this, so, so Joseph goes through all of this. His brothers finally come into, uh, come into the land. They get their food. Um, he ends up moving the whole family into the, 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 the area to, um, take care of them. When the famine is over, his, his father, uh, ends up dying. His brothers, they begin to, to freak out and they begin to think, Oh gosh, you know, now that dad's dead, Joseph is going to, to finally get his revenge on us for uh, all that we did. Uh, for selling him into slavery. Dad's not here to protect us. What's going to happen? And listen, listen to what Joseph says right here in Genesis chapter 50, verse number 20. He says, for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about to this day to save many people alive. Listen, I want to go back to what I said earlier. We need to walk in the fear of the Lord. We need to walk circumspectly. We need to not be foolish. And we also need to walk in the Spirit. We need to understand that God has got a greater plan in store. We need to admonish one another in the things of God. Quit looking at the glass half empty and look at the glass half full and understand God will take all things. Romans 8, 28 says, all things work together for the good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Listen, we, we're going to go through trials and tribulations. We're going to go through things, but we understand that God has overcome the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And if we'll walk circumspectly, if we will walk in a, in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord, then we can, we can lead others to Christ. And we can understand that how we handle good situations and bad, others are watching. And when we handle those properly, they will want to come and they will want to know the God in whom we serve. Don't be a fool. Walk. Not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit in the fear of the Lord. Amen. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to minister your word. I thank you that your word is truth. I thank you that your word is powerful. I thank you that the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that you are for us, not against us. And Father, I just pray for each and every one that's listening to this podcast, Lord, that you would touch them in a mighty way. Speak to them, Father God. And Lord, I just pray that they would go out, that they would be a light in a dark world. And that because of them, because they're walking circumspectly, Lord, they would have the opportunity to lead others to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you. I give you praise for you alone are worthy. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you soon.